Welcome to the Move Podcast, a young adult movement out of Bethel, Cleveland, where we focus on the move of God within our lives. I pray that you are awakened and inspired by the Lord and that He moves powerfully in and through your lives for such a time as this. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming out tonight. Is this anyone's first time here? I feel like I've seen some faces, yeah? Zoe and... Jake, yes. <laughs> awesome, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming out, guys. Uh, my name is Ryan. If I haven't met you, I, am, I serve as the young adult pastor. Uh, this is The Move. We have this once a month uh, where young adults from a bunch of different churches come together, and we want to focus on the presence of God, how he has moved throughout Scripture, and how he is moving in our lives and in this world for such a time as this today. We do a lot of other fun things, too. If you weren't here for the announcements, which I think half of you weren't, it's okay. Um, <laughs> we need to move announcements to the end of the service, or I just need to move the service back. I've been thinking about moving the service to 7.30, but we'll see. <laughs> um, but we do a bunch of other things. We do monthly uh, fun events. In, we're going to Edgewater Beach uh, in July 17th, I think. We're going to Elevation Concert in August. Uh, we're going to Guatemala in August. There's three spots left if you want to sign up. Um, and then we also have small groups every other Saturday morning. We even have a volleyball group. And we have a Bible study um, that's uh, during the week, too, on Tuesday. So we got a lot of opportunities to get plugged in. Our whole heart about the young adult ministry is to find community who turn into friends and family. So you guys can know wherever you're at that you're not alone, that you have people to do fun things with, but most of all, that we're growing in our relationship with God, that we grow in our identity and know who we are and whose we are. There's so much movement around life. But I feel like in young adults, in that season of life, you're moving, you're changing, there's relationships, there's jobs, you're getting married, you know? There's things happening that you're trying to figure out, what is God doing? And that's the whole heart of why we gather tonight, the first Friday of every month, to come back to the basics, to turn the cell phone off, to slow down a little bit and find God. It says in Jeremiah 29, 13, that if you search for me with all of your heart, you will find me. So there's a promise that when we seek God, that we will find him. It says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. But you know what the best part of that is? Is God's always seeking us. He's always knocking at the door of our hearts, trying to get our attention by these little whispers, these little nudges, saying, angel, I'm here. Her name's Angel. She, I wasn't, you know, she is kind of an angel too, but her name's Angel, if you didn't know. Chris, I'm here. Jesse, I'm with you. Trying to get our attention. Sam, I see you. When we feel like life is crumbling around us, we don't know what's going on or where we're going. Am I ever gonna get married, God? What, what am I doing for the rest of my life? Am I gonna have enough money to pay this rent? God, I used to be friends with them, but now I, I don't know who my crew is. These life questions that swirl around us. But God says, I'm with you. I see you and I know you. So we kind of pick different topics each month 
to focus in on, to hone in on and say, how is God moving through your life? And today, if you can't tell, the topic is relentless grace. Relentless grace. And maybe God's saying I'm talking about something else because my notes aren't opening. It's never happened before. <laughs> I feel like it has. No, that's just me going off topic. <laughs> well, maybe that seriously never happened before with the iPad. That's what you get for not having paper copies anymore, right? <laughs> Come on, Holy Spirit. <laughs> It's all right. It's actually, honestly, a message I've been thinking about and pondering on, something that the Lord's teaching me. Um, but seriously, that's funny. I'm not making it up. It's, it won't open. Never seen that. Right? you want to try to figure it out for me? If not, it's okay. Maybe God's just saying, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, psych, I got you. <laughs> um, but I, so I want to ask yourself, what does grace mean to you? And, and when I say this relentless grace, do you feel like you have grace in your life? Because I want to talk about kind of two kinds of grace. It's the same grace, but there's two spins on it. So the first one, you're probably like, all right, grace. Yeah, God has grace for me. What is grace? A simple definition is it's unmerited favor. And this is going to be up on the screen. Unmerited favor of something that you've got that you haven't earned or worked for. A free gift. Emma and, and um, Eben uh, work, and JoJo technically too, uh, all work for Chick-fil-A. So man, if Emma just brought us all Chick-fil-A tonight, man, and we didn't have to pay for it, that'd be some grace and favor right there, right? And then Eben brought, man, those like, those frozen lemonades. Man, I love those. Um, and I hear Emma says the brownies on point. I'm planting seeds right now, faith, you know, that this might happen for one move. I mean, we got two Chick-fil-A managers in the house, right? We, we should have a good chance. Um, but that, that would just be free. It's a free gift. What a gift card. Look at that. Thanks, Emma. I was so bummed. If you guys live in Medina, they had a take your dog to Chick-fil-A today. Day, and I totally was going to do that, and I forgot. So, but thanks, Emma. <laughs> it's my birthday present. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's a free gift. It's something free. Have you ever experienced that? I, I remember sometimes I would get confused with mercy and grace. And grace is getting something you don't deserve. And mercy is not getting something you do deserve. Does that make sense? Like, like you're ever in the principal's office? You ever, come on, Mel, you know what I'm talking about? I was in the principal's office a lot growing up. <laughs> Mel was really good, probably. Could he touche you? Let's be honest. <laughs> Who was in the principal's office a couple times? All right, we got some people. Mikey, yep. <laughs> Josh, maybe? All right, bro. All right. There's some other normal humans in the house. Steve, definitely in the principal's office, bro. <laughs> Me and Steve went to high school together, so I know he was. <laughs> I was usually in the principal's office with him, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, that, that feeling, or that feeling when a police officer rolls up behind you, and you know you were speeding, but yet you don't get the ticket, or you're in, yes, <laughs> Feathers like, preach. Um, you know, when you're in the principal's office, and you feel like you're going to get suspended, or you, you know, I'm not going to tell his story, but if you want to know a funny story, come to Panini's after and ask Steve about the time he should have been expelled, but he wasn't. <laughs> um, just all I got to say, if you want to go crawling in the ceiling, he's your guy. <laughs> um, 
one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. Um, but you know, when you, when you should get this punishment, but someone gives you a second chance, like, like put yourself in that. Or, or have you ever had this, or it's a funny story, if MJ's in the house, she might get mad at me, but she is in the house somewhere, she is Lincoln. So, so all right, really funny story. All right, kind of not, but it is. <laughs> so all right, we got married, obviously, in 2019. So if you don't know, MJ was a gymnast. She's gonna hate me for saying this, but she was all American, Big Ten champ twice. You can, you, you can YouTube her, Mary Jane Otto or Mary Jane Horth. She, I'm definitely gonna be sleeping on the couch tonight for saying that to everyone because she doesn't like talking about it, but I love celebrating her. And um, if you're really lucky, she's really gonna hate me for this, but you, Mel, you might be able to. You might be able to get her to do a flip. She won't even do a flip for me anymore, but our neighbors, because they have little kids, finally got her to do one the other day. But so she's a gymnast, right? She's used to doing flips and cartwheels and all this stuff. Well, we get married, you know, and we're sharing a queen-size bed. Well, she just doesn't do flips and jumps and all that stuff during the day. She does it during the night. And like, the, like I'm telling you, she's sleeping and she's getting air in her sleep. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> like, like, I kid you not. Like, I'm, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, MJ, she's like, what? I'm like, you, you like got air in that twitch that you just did. Like, what's going on? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you always sleep like this? You know, she's like, she has no idea. And I mean, I'm telling you, I, I mean, it was, talk about a twitch. It was a, a twitch and a flip all combined in one. But this would happen multiple times throughout the night. Let's just say I did not sleep very well our first year of marriage. Um, so I finally convinced her, I feel so bad for this. I convinced her to go get a sleep study at the hospital. Like, you know, they, they, you like, cause I was like genuinely concerned. I'm like, is there something wrong? Like, do people twitch like this normally? Like, like I get a little shake or something, but this is like, I mean, I, I really do believe one time she got air. Like, I'm not even joking. And so she does this sleep study. <laughs> I feel so bad. Rye was in Illinois with me, Rye G. And I think I had like a guy's night at our condo or something. And she sent me a picture and she has all these like tubes and things hooked up to her and like they monitor her sleep, right? So we, um, she, she was on, she was working, doing something at the college and she had insurance at the college. And I kept saying like, hey, this is expensive. Are you sure the insurance covers this? She's like, yeah, dude, I got it. I checked, double checked, all that. I'm like, all right, cool. So she does this sleep study and we are literally driving to Ohio. We just left our condo and I got our last thing of mail. I'm like, oh, let me get the mail. We're coming to Ohio three years ago to move here. I'm driving a U-Haul and I open a bill for $7,000 because my amazing, lovely wife um, got confused and didn't realize she wasn't on the insurance plan anymore. This was the day after that her insurance ended. And so she's already mad at me for making her do the sleep study because it came back with like her being perfectly fine. <laughs> and now we have a $7,000 bill. $7,000, and we're moving to Ohio. Like, the, like I'm driving a U-Haul coming to Ohio, and I'm like, what? I'm like crying out to God, you know? And, and thankfully, um, that, that debt, like, all was taken away. Um, thankfully, it's, it, it, it's, count, it's awesome to have friends in high places. I knew the CFO, and I called him, and we, like, qualified for financial aid because of our income. 
and it was like totally taken away. We found out like the next day. But like that feeling when you owe that much money or when something should happen to you and it doesn't, that, that feeling of relief, that feeling of favor on your life, can you remember a moment like that? Can you remember even maybe like there was a conflict and someone forgave you for something that you really didn't get deserve to be forgiven for? That favor and that grace because that is what Jesus has done for us. And this is the first part of the equation. Probably a lot of you like, all right, I get it. Jesus died for us. He who knew no sin became sin for our sake. Like, I know we say that, but can we just think about that for a second? Like, I'm gonna make up a weird oh, analogy, you know me, Johnny on the spot. But like, imagine us as people, if we like, somehow, some way, could go be an ant. Yeah, I said an ant. Like, like we are gonna like, exchange our lives to be a little insect. Or, or imagine you would exchange your life um, for a homeless person on, this, on the street who has no money. You'd give them all your money just for, for free. Jesus, who is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who, who is God's only true son, came down from heaven to save us, to die not just for us, but as us, so that we could know him, so that we could become an heir and a child of God. Like, think about that for a second. Think about how righteous and royal he is. And remember that no matter what you've done, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad or shameful you think you are, he says you're worth it. You're worth it. So those moments where we feel like we're not good enough or we're not worthy of his love or we're not worthy of the cross or salvation or heaven, remember, it's not about you. It's about what he's done for you. He makes you worthy. All you have to do is receive that gift, just like I received that Chick-fil-A card. I mean, could you imagine the CFO calling me from, from the hospital? Ryan, you won't believe this. We were able to release the debt. Oh, no, no thanks. I'm not worthy of that. I want to pay that money <laughs> for, that sleep, for that sleep study that I made my wife did because I thought she was doing flips <laughs> in her sleep. And it came back that she was perfectly fine. And she would always told me too, right, when I'm done doing gymnastics, I'm sure I won't switch this much. She was right. <laughs> Anyone who, get, Evan, just listen to your wife. Life will go way much better. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still learning that. Pray for me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right, G? So it says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for it is by grace that you have been saved. Think of, it is by grace through faith that we've been saved. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, so that no one can brag. God loves you and by his grace, through our faith, we're connected with him. But we don't have faith if we don't, not, if we don't have his grace. It says we love because he first loved us. Daniela, Caleb, you guys are sitting next to each other. 
Evan, Kayla, you just got married. We have any form of love for spouses, for friends, for boyfriend, for girlfriends, for kids, for our dogs, for our cats, for our fish. Any type of love. I said the cat for you, Jesse. <laughs> you also have a dog. All right, awesome. <laughs> we have a debate on what's better, cats or dogs. Um, but uh, any type of love we have and we get because God gave us that. God represented that. And it all points back to him. And I feel like this is important because when we've messed up, when we've made a mistake, when we feel like we have all this shame and this guilt and we're not worthy, we have to remember it's not about us. It's about him and what he's done for us. But it is about us from him because he says it's by my grace that I've come to save you, that I've come to give you this gift. So I wanna ask, do you ever sense his grace? Do you ever feel his grace? Do you ever see his grace? I don't know about you, but there's been a couple times I've been in a hospital and you know, that feeling when a nurse comes and she's so nice and hopeful and helpful You know, you just feel a grace, a thankfulness. Again, that feeling of if something is gone, but yet it comes back, that God redeems it, God restores it, or you get a second chance. There's a thankfulness, there's a gratitude because you know you don't deserve it, but it's because God's grace that you get to have it. Can you feel that? Can you remember that? Can you soak in that? Grace, the unmerited favor of God, getting something that we don't deserve, a free gift that we haven't earned or worked for. It says in 1 Peter 5.10, and the God of all grace who called you by his eternal glory in Christ, that he is a God of grace. Everything that we get from God comes from him. So he has to be that. If we have love, it's because he is love. And because he loves us, grace comes from him. Not to punish us, not to condemn us, but to save us, to change us, to remind us that he who knew no sin became sin, not just for us, but here it is, as us. What does that mean to you? What does that mean for you, practically, right now in your life? There was a show, and this is gonna date my age a little bit. What's my age again? You like that song, JoJo? Blink-182, saying that, that really dates my age. (laughs) There was a show growing up that my mom uh, used to have me watch with her, it's called Touched by the Angel. Have you ever seen that show? Touched by Angel, man, I love that show. If that was still on, I'd still be watching that show. But it was basically this premise that these angels came. Maybe that's why they named you Angel. Because, you know, they like that show. 
<laughs> Maybe. You have to ask your mom if she's ever seen that. Um, but there's these people that would show up in these circumstances in these people's lives, and they would be there to help them, but they were like undercover angels, right? And they would move, and they would work, and they would help, and at the end of the show, they would always reveal themselves, you know? And there was this like, this really just cool moment. Should just YouTube, Touched by an Angel, if you've never seen it. Just, just watch one episode for me. Um, but that planted a seed in me. And it says in scripture that without knowing it, we will entertain angels. And someone um, just told me a story. It was actually our, our janitor, Larry. He's our, our maintenance guy. And this is my third church I've worked at. Every church I've worked at, it seems like the maintenance guy or janitor or, or woman are like the most spiritual people. Like, don't tell Pastor Steve I said that. <laughs> he can listen to this on the podcast. Um, I love you, Pastor Steve. But it's like, man, it's like the janitors, like this, the maintenance people, there's something about them. Like they're in tune with the spirit. I wonder if it's because they're something about being servants. Didn't Jesus say that? I didn't come to be served, but to serve. If you want to be a leader, you have to become a servant. I don't know. But he comes to me and he's telling me the story. He'll pop in my office and drop these bomb words on me, you know, that it just, like, how'd you know that? He's like, because I spend time with the Lord. I listen to him, he speaks. But he told me the story about how one time he was in Home Depot and he saw Jesus, but he didn't know it. And later in prayer that night, God spoke to him and said, that was me. And theologically, I don't want to get into like, can Jesus become? All I'm saying is if the Bible says without knowing it, we'll entertain angels. I think maybe without knowing it, we could entertain Jesus. But he can see us. And do we recognize when Jesus himself, if he comes in the flesh, if he can do that, I think he can do anything. Um, or by his Holy Spirit that is awake and alive and living within us is moving in this earth in a way that only he can. Whether he's moving through music, moving through movies, moving through nature, moving through people, moving through peace, moving through quietness, moving in a way that awakens you, that catches your attention, where you can sense him, where you can feel him. So I wanna talk about tonight is not just do we understand grace and have we received grace, but here it is, Feather, are we living and walking in the Lord's grace? I'll be honest, this is something that I have not accomplished or I am being 100% successful at, but it's been something that's on my heart. It's been something, it kind of feels like when you're driving or riding a bike and the wind is going with you instead of against you. If any of you athletes or, or you know, or I don't, whatever you do, there's moments when I look back and you just know that you can't be stopped. And not a brag or, you know, um, prideful way, but you're just playing a game and you can feel it. You got it. You know, that probably happens leading worship or singing or, you know, drawing as well. I don't know. Like there's just these serendipitous spiritual moments that you can just feel the favor of God on you. If you, almost every time before I speak, I get super nervous. Almost every time before I speak, I'll be honest, I kind of dread coming to the move sometimes. And I'm like, oh, like it just feels so heavy. But right before I go up, I remember it's not about me, it's him. 
And when he calls you to something, he equips you to something. I'm always nervous, like, is anyone going to show up tonight? You know, I was like, man, I wish Emma and Jojo were here. Then I saw him here. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I wish Mel was here. No joke, Mel's here. Like, it's like, he's like, I will bring the people. Just show up and let me do what I do in you and through you. But will you let me? Will you let me flow in you? Will you let go and let me take the wheel? So what does that mean for you in your lives, in your jobs, in your relationship? Because here's the thing, if we've received his grace, if we can sense his grace, you know, even a little thing, like you walking in somewhere and, and instead of some, you know, maybe someone, the door is going to hit you in the face and someone grabs it and opens it for you. How do you know that's not God moving through them? Are we aware, are we looking, are we open to see how the Holy Spirit's moving and what his grace looks like in our lives? Because I don't know about you guys, I'm so tired of trying to do things on my own. I'm so tired of worrying about what people will think or trying to build things or work on my own with my own energy. You know, God's given us brains. We're meant to do things, but here's the thing. I'm done. I want to do it with him. I've been so excited. I was telling Chris and Ryan this because usually I call Chris or Ryan if uh, someone's, uh, something's wrong at my house <laughs> because I'm not the most handiest guy in the world. So be like, Chris, can you come over? Or Ryan, gee, what up, bro? Can you come help me fix this? I'm gonna be calling Eben soon because he just moved near me. So Eben will be on the list. Um, <laughs> so he's like, shoot. <laughs> it's like, I knew I shouldn't have told him I moved to Medina. <laughs> but... This, it's, it sounds childish, but this, this new thing has like hit me that when I have problems that I, I get normally really stressed about or anxious about and I, to fix, yeah, I still will use YouTube. <laughs> but like when I feel stuck and I don't know what else to do, I like genuinely just say, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Holy Spirit, help me. You know how to fix this problem. Will you help me? And I wait and I sit in that. And maybe it doesn't happen right away, but he's been helping me learn how to fix things. And then like a little kid, I'll come in and be like, MJ, I did it. You know, she's like, really? Like you did? <laughs> like snap, man. <laughs> like, like, so our garage was fixed uh, or broke the other night. It just stopped working. It went shut. So it's like 11 o'clock. So I go out there and I'm trying to mess with things. Well, I made things worse because we, you know, we have the car garage door openers. We have an outdoor keypad and then an indoor garage door. Well, just the indoor thing one wasn't working. All three of the other ones were. So MJ was, we were just using that. I'm like, I'm going to fix it. So I go out there. It's 11, 1130. Well, I make it worse. Now none of them work. And I'm like, shoot, how are we going to close the garage tonight? <laughs> so then I come in and I'm like, MJ, can you help me? Because I'll be honest, she's a little more handier than me in some things, most things. Um, and um, so she comes out and we figure out how just to close the garage, like not the right way, but we get the garage down for the night. Well, then she goes to bed and I was just sitting like by the computer watching some videos and it like hit me. It's like, no, Holy Spirit, you know how to fix this. And then an idea came and I went out and I was able to correct the mistake that I made. So I was able to get the three working. I still couldn't figure out the first main problem, but I corrected my mistake, which I was pumped about. And then the next morning I woke up and I was praying and thinking about it and he gave me another idea. 
and I went out and I was able to fix it. And I was like, what? Like, like, but Holy Spirit, like, like I'm just resting like, Lord, God, give me the grace for this, please. Like, give me, you know, Jojo is, uh, we've been on a break, but he's been teaching me guitar lessons. How often, like every time I start, because there's a part of me that's like, I don't think I can learn guitar. But it's, Lord, by your grace, because I want to have a heart that just worships you and I have a vision of me on guitar and MJ on keys and Lincoln and our, our family just worshiping you in our family room, God. Give me your grace, God, to help me learn this instrument. Give me the grace, God, to worship you and do something that I don't think I can do. Maybe that's you when you're in the hospital and you have really, you know, things are going crazy, right? And, and there's patients that are being mean and rude. It's like, Lord, give me the grace to be able to deal with them. <laughs> give me the grace to have the patience to love them. I say this a lot, but Mother Teresa always said when she was interviewed and, and she was asked, how do you continually work day in and day out with the dying people of Calcutta. And she said, I look in their eyes. I look in their faces, Daniela, and I see the face of Jesus. So in my heart, I'm not just serving them, but I'm serving Jesus, even if they don't know it or they don't appreciate it. So I believe when we can live in that grace, we can do things that we normally couldn't do. As I was preparing for the message, I kind of felt like it's almost like stepping into your superpower, right? It's like Iron Man turning in the Iron Man suit, you know, or being able to step in to do something supernaturally that you normally couldn't do. To love someone that maybe you couldn't love. To have brave communication. To, to maybe pray at a meal with your family or coworkers because, and normally they wouldn't pray. There's a boldness that comes on you when you first know the grace and the love that lives inside of you. As I was preparing for this, I felt like the Lord said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a grace on their lives. And I was like, what? Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in Babylon. The, the king of Babylon made this big gold statue that everyone was gonna worship and bow down to and they said, no, we will not bow down and worship a false god. And they said, if you don't, you will go in the fiery furnace. You will literally go into a big furnace and you will die being burned to death. Does that sound fun to anyone? But they had a boldness on their lives, angel, because I believe they walked with an intimacy and a grace that said, you know what? We would rather die than worship a false idol. So they go, they go together. And remember that verse, a three-chord strand is not easily broken? I believe that verse is talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but I also don't believe it's a coincidence that there's three of them. So they go into this fiery furnace, and they're looking in to see if they're burnt, if they're still alive. And they see the Lord sheltering them, surrounding them, and they come out and not one piece of their clothing were burnt. And I believe God said there was a grace on their lives, unmerited favor, but they knew that I was with them. And I think about all the crazy things going on in this world today. I made a, if you guys are on Facebook and you want some entertainment tonight, um, 
befriend me on Facebook and then go look at a post that I made. I, I found a post the other day and I shared it and I lit a bomb off in Facebook and there's like a hundred comments on there. Chris, you definitely got to go read it. You, it'll be entertainment for you. Um, there was a lot of angry people, but a lot of supportive people. It was about abortion, but I found this post and it said exactly what I felt. So I shared it because I want to inspire and, and I knew it was going to start something. I didn't think there'd be like a hundred comments on it. I actually forgot about it. And I went on Facebook. I was like, whoa, <laughs> seriously, go check it out. But you know what? And, and like, I was kind of asking MJ and some people about it and my mom, you know, they're like, oh, good for you, but I'm not posting anything, you know, but, but there was something on my life because right now, and I wasn't going to say this because I don't like to really it's that weird paradox where you want people to know it's your birthday, but I don't want to tell people it's my birthday, but it's my 37th birthday today. And I'll be honest, I was um, kind of bummed, like, oh man, like, I got to speak, and everyone's like, Serena's like, hey, how's your birthday? And I'm like, oh, it kind of feels like a normal day, because like, every time like the move happens, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot that you're planning for and preparing for, especially when you're speaking, and so, like, you know, I, I did go on a cool bike ride with Lincoln this morning, and got, we got haircuts, but, um, but I want to say this. I was so passionate about the issue of abortion, and I always have been, because it's the grace of God that I'm alive right now, because I was supposed to be an abortion. But my mom literally saved my life because someone was pressuring her and telling her to have an abortion, but she wouldn't listen. And so because there's a grace on my life and this hits home to me in a, in a unique way, I said, you know what? I don't wanna be afraid to share this. I don't wanna be afraid to offend people. And, if, and guess what? If people, if some of you disagree with me, that's okay. We can agree to disagree. But you know what? Like, there was something in my life that, like, I need to share this. And I don't want to be afraid to speak out in boldness and faith of what God has spoken to me and convicted me about. And I've felt it and experienced it. So there was a grace on me in that moment to be bold. And you know what? I'm not ashamed of it. I love that 100 people commented on it and they're chitter-chattering, boxing on Facebook and all that. And one person even said, I love that Ryan lit a bomb off and he hasn't really said anything since. <laughs> but I did go on after that. I had to make a couple of comments to people. <laughs> but you know what? I love it because now it's getting more traction. I hope more people, whether they agree with me or not, saw that post because it at least makes you think. But my point is, when there's a grace on our life, we step into boldness. We step into faith because we've experienced a favor, a, 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 a feeling that I, that he is with us. Proverbs 28.1 says, the righteous are, bold, are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And I wanna say, how are you guys being bold tonight? How are you being bold today? Do people know that you're a Christian? Sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes I think about what would it be like to not be a pastor? Would I be more on fire for Jesus? Would people still know I'm a Christian if I, if I didn't work at a church? 
Do people know that you love Jesus, that you have Jesus? First, by the way that you live. And second, do you tell them? Do we speak the truth? William Wilberforce, who is one of my heroes, he spent his whole life to abolish slavery. And right before he died, he was successful. He literally spent his whole life fighting for this. Uh, there's an amazing movie that came out like 10 years ago called Amazing Grace. Um, you should check it out. I think it's on like Amazon Prime or Netflix. Um, super inspiring movie. But I, I quoted him the other day on, the, on this post. It said, you can never say again that you didn't see what's happened and turn your head and be okay with it. And he, was, he referenced that for slavery. But I wonder, what if he was here alive right now? What would he do? What would he say? I, I, I bring this up. I don't want to make it about that. My point is there was a grace on his life to attack this thing and go after it. What is the grace on your life that God's called you to? What is the set of a unique abilities and talents and unmerited favor, anointing that God's given only you? You know, all of us are different. Some of us are good at some things. Evan and, and, and Pablo can play the guitar really well. That's awesome. But they still have different talents that only they have. Yes, they've worked at it. They've trained at it. But there's a grace and favor on their lives for it as well. What's the grace and favor on your life? And what are you doing with your godly kingdom superpower? Joseph, if you want to kind of come up, I'm going to close. Pablo. You know, there's the trilogy of the, the lost parables, of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. And in the lost coin parable and the lost sheep parable, the father goes out, or, or the person looking for the shepherd in the sheep parable and the woman who lost her coin in that parable, both represent the father. They went out and they looked for the lost coin. They looked for the lost sheep. And, and it said, they, were, they relentlessly and endlessly looked for the thing they lost. Sulaimi, so like, they, they left 99 for the one. Like, can you think about that? If you had 99 sheep right now, 99 cars, 99 friends, whatever it means most to you, they, he left all of them for the one because that one mattered so much to him. The one coin mattered so much to the woman. But it's interesting, in the parable of the lost son, the father doesn't go after the son. He lets him go. But I still believe the father moved through circumstances and situations. And it said that the son came to his senses and returned home. But yet the father didn't wait for him with his arms crossed, judging him, making him beg for mercy. He didn't scold him and tell him how he wasted his inheritance and how he wasn't good enough. What did he do, Victor? He ran towards him. He welcomed him home. And he said, my son who was lost has now returned. He was just hoping to be a servant, but yet his father got the robe, got the crown, got his stuff, his belongings, restored him to be a son in his house. How does the Lord wanna restore you tonight? 
I don't know about you, but I need, there's some places in my life that I need to be restored. There's places in my life that I need to sit and rest in his grace. I, um, I've started sitting out on our patio as it gets dark out and uh, I'll kind of take my Bible and take a journal and take a book, but I just kind of sit with him. And I, you know, will start to read scripture and, and journal a little bit and, and uh, God's been really meeting me in journaling lately. I just ask him questions. Like, God, why do I have anxiety today? And he starts to meet me and speak with me. But you know the thing that fills me up the most? It's just sitting with him. It's just resting with him. It's just that sense when you're with someone you love and you don't even have to talk when you're driving in the car or you're watching a movie and you're just with them. That feeling that they love you, that you don't have to do anything to entertain them or perform. Maybe it's a dog that comes up and puts her head right on your chest when you need it. It's that type of feeling and he says, I long to know you. I said the other night, God, what are you teaching me? He said, I long to know you. I just want to be with you. And friends, when we make time and we make space in our lives, his grace fills us. Not just the definition of grace or the understanding of grace, but the realness of it, of walking in it of living in it. And when we can sense his grace, soak in his grace, marinate in his grace, in those moments of being still and knowing that he's God, when life gets tough, when life gets busy, when adversity hits us, we're reminded of that grace that sustains us. That he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace sustains you. When you're weak, I'm strong. So how do you need his grace to fill you tonight? Maybe some of you have been running from it. Maybe some of you have been working for it. Maybe some of you have understand the concept of it, but have never really experienced it. Well, I believe tonight there's an invitation to fill you up, to remind you, just like me, we have all experienced His grace, that you have all been chosen, handpicked, not to be an ant, not to be a bird in the sky, not to be a dog or a cat, but to be His daughter and His son who's alive and who's chosen for such a time as this to be here. You've been called into the game of life and you did nothing to earn it, and you don't deserve it, but he says you do. He says that you are here for a reason. What if God sent you here because he needed you here? Because he knew you were strong enough. He knew, and he gave you gifts and talents that only you could have. Steve is truly one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. He has a gift to make people laugh. If you, don't, if you don't know Steve, meet him tonight, he'll probably make you laugh. He might throw you into the ceiling, but he'll make you laugh. <laughs> but 
but we've all but Chris can I literally believe Chris can fix anything I mean he works for NASA I mean you know how hard it is to work for NASA but he, he can fix anything you all have a gift. A, uh, Angela could go up and talk to anyone, and within five minutes, you, you feel like she's your best friend. Like you feel loved and believed in, and you know it's genuine. Like if I'm sad or I'm, I'm frustrated, I just need to ask Kayla for a hug, and instant peace comes. Like, like I, I hear rumors that she can get hangry once in a while, but she has an anointing and a grace of peace on her life. So does my wife. What is your gift that God's given you? What's the grace, the unmerited favor on your life that he wants to use, that he wants to speak through to touch and change a generation for such a time as this? And if you don't know, rest with him. Be with him. Don't try to understand him. Just enjoy him. As Eontae is holding his precious little girl, God just wants to hold you. I love my son. He's walking now. He's doing cool things. My favorite thing to do is just to hold him, just to rest with him. Will you let God hold you? Will you let him fill you up with his love and his grace to remind you who you are and to remind you what you're meant to do with this one precious life that he's given us and he's graced us with if you don't know where to start I'll close by saying this it starts with surrendering it starts with saying God here am I like Isaiah did in chapter 6 here I am Lord send me here I am Lord use me John Wimber used to say who started the vineyard movement he would say use me as loose change in your pocket god let me be a fool for you hear this famous quote i'm a fool for christ whose fool are you go out and do something foolish for god and watch how he has your back watch how he moves like when they told daniel he couldn't pray anymore but yet daniel moved and he got thrown in with a lion but god had his back Joseph was sold to slavery. He was, he was framed, he was accused, but God saw him. When wrong is done to you, when people mock you, say gossip about you, I'm learning, don't fight back. Let God defend you. The truth will always be shown. Let God, who sees you and knows you, rest his life and his grace and his love upon you. Will you pray with me? A love that bears all things, endures all things, and perseveres through all things. And a love that never ends, God. It's the type of father that you are. And God, on my birthday today, I just wanna say thank you for your grace that I'm alive today. There's so many times throughout my life, God, that I could have died. But yet you've graced me and blessed me to be alive for 37 years. You've blessed me and graced me to know every single person in this room, whether I've met you or not. Thank you, God, that they're here, that they're alive, that they're on this earth. They're not an ant or an insect or a bird in the sky, but they're your sons. They're your daughters. 
And God, I pray when life gets hard and the storms rage and we don't feel like we're good enough and we feel lost and ashamed, we'll remember it's your grace that seeks us out. It's your relentless grace that brings us home, that says you're not giving up on us, that looks us in the face and says, I love you. I believe in you as a good father does. So God, whatever is broken, whatever is shattered in our hearts tonight, God, I pray your grace would be the glue that holds it together and that reminds us, that reminds us, that reminds us that your grace and your love will never end because it bears all things, it endures all things, and it perseveres through all things. We love you, God. And I pray tonight through this next song, through ministry time, that you would open our hearts to experience you and your grace and your love in a new way. We surrender the things that are holding us back surrender it all and say do what you want with our lives God we are yours in Jesus name thanks for kicking it with us today the move podcast if you love the message we've got more episodes on the way if you're looking for more ways to get involved meet us in person the first Friday of every month at our Bethel Cleveland Brunswick campus Cleveland, Ohio. also for more information follow us on social media at Bethel C-L-E-Y-A, C-L-E-Y-A. To stay updated with our latest events, young adult worship nights, and more. Or check out our website, BethelCleveland.com slash Young Adults.